and welcome to the EMG Gold podcast. My name is Evgenia Kutsuki and I'm the editor here at EMG Health. Our guest for today is Denise Dua. Denise is the Digital Hub Director for Europe, Japan and Canada at GSK. She started out her career working in alcohol branding before moving into the pharmaceutical industry in 2011. Denise has been at GSK for nearly 10 years and currently manages the digital marketing for brands across 13 European countries. We had the pleasure of seeing her speak at the recent Reuters Pharma Customer Engagement Europe 2021 event when she joined a panel called Demonstrating ROI for Digital. Welcome, Denise. It's great to have you here. Thank you very much, Evgenia. It's a pleasure to be here. So I'd like to uh, start by asking you, um, our guests have all had different paths into pharma, with lots beginning their careers in industries unrelated to healthcare and pharmaceuticals. And as I mentioned in the introduction, you began your career working as a marketer for some of the UK's top performing alcohol brands. How did you apply your expertise in this area to the pharma industry? That's a great question. I mean, the, the industry um, from a you know an FMCG perspective or an alcohol perspective was very much focused on uh, consumers and online digital interactions. And, and this was pivotal to what I did in the, the drinks industry before I came across to pharma. Um, and really within the consumer world, it's estimated that the FMCG industry is probably ahead of pharma when it comes to digital engagements. But that gap is closing really, really quickly. And I think, you know, the transition for me coming from FMCG or consumer into the pharma world was was really an easy one because, you know, true to me was was really about understanding your customers. And, you know, I was already using a lot of these uh, digital channels on an ongoing basis. Um, and I was quite surprised when I got to the farmer industries to see how how much opportunity there was for us to be using a lot more channels. So so really, it was, uh, you know, I would say it was a bit of a gap, um, but really that gap is, is is beginning to close now, I can see. Thank you. That's very interesting. And you joined DSK in 2011 and your target consumer evolved from members of the public to healthcare professionals. How do the needs and demands of these two groups differ? I mean, I think ultimately HDPs are people, right? So when you work in the consumer industry, you're looking, you know, very much into the dynamics, the preferences of, of individuals being consumers. But when you come into pharma, although we, we talk more to HDPs and of course patients are very much forefront of mind, they're still people. And, you know, that aim of really understanding that individual and, and what's important to them is exactly the same, whether you work in consumer or whether you work in, in farmer. And what I would say is that there is, um, you know, with the farmer environments, complexity and, and governance brings, uh, compliance and governance brings an extra complexity that the consumer world doesn't have. Um, you know, in pharma, we're not allowed to have products presented directly in front of people who are not HCPs. So this brings a lot of restrictions and, you know, compliance in ways that we can interact with our customers. So it's about us, you know, try, trying to find the right ways to do and have these interactions from a from a compliance standpoint. So, you know, we, we're very um, strict on if we, if we place any banner advertisements, say that, you know, the, the sites that we would be placing our ads on have um, already had, the HTTPs had to register to get access to that site. 
and we work with partners who are are really sound on the governance around this. So, you know, for for if we were if we were marketing a food brand or you know any general brand, we we could we could market it anywhere out there. But but really, we need to make sure that all of the sites that we're marketing on are restricted, and that only our HCPs will be present on those sites. Thank you. Uh, when speaking on the panel at the April Reuters event, you discussed the rapid digitalization that has taken place over the past year. Uh, how easy was it to take decisive and rapid action during the pandemic, whilst uh, still taking time to demonstrate a healthy return on investment? I mean, I, I guess I guess we were quite lucky. Although, if you can be lucky in a pandemic, you know, I, I'm not sure that's completely true. But we were quite lucky in the sense that we had a digital team. So we are used to being online. We're comfortable with having meetings, you know, over remote platforms. So when the pandemic hit us, our team, I was really proud of my team, actually, how quickly they got online and how we were able to function as normally as possible. Um, So in terms of our day to day output, I would say we stayed pretty much the same. And in terms of those sort of investment decisions, um, you know, everything that we do um, within my team and and right across GSK is very much based on a return on investment. Now, that return on investment doesn't always mean monetary. It could be that we're simply adding value back to the patients or the HCPs. But, you know, that was the case before the pandemic and that's still the case now. So, So it really hasn't changed. So, you know, I think many things have changed and I would say there's been a certain amount of acceleration from a digital perspective in pharma because of what's happened. But because our team was already digital, I think, you know, we we were set up to to really hit the road running. Yes, I'm sure this really helped that you were in a digital team already and a digital environment. We have all had to adjust to a virtual environment and virtual teams. And uh, I think it has done wonders for innovation in the workplace as well. To drill down even further on the panel, you discuss how thanks to wider digital adoption, more data is becoming available and marketing metrics are evolving. What gaps currently exist around HCPs' preferences and behaviour that this data could be set to fill? Yeah, so then this sort of links into your earlier question around what's the difference between farmer and consumer? And, you know, if you look at the individuals, they're people, right, whether they're a HCP or whether they're, you know, working in school or they're a mother, whatever type of person they are, they're still a person. And so, you know, the evolution of what we're seeing in digital around social media, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, all of these social platforms that people are present on today um, is where they're looking for information, where they're, you know, looking to gather insight on, on individual areas. And, you know, linking into that point I made around that, you know, we can only really um, go on to channels that are restricted from a HCP perspective. So, you know, we need to make sure that if, um, we, if we want to go on to these other channels, that those informa- that information that we share is unbranded. So it's about the fact that, you know, us really being ready in all of those channels for, for our HCPs, and we, we will have to find ways to do this, right? And I think um, it may not just be branded information that they can have readily um, accessible in all of the channels, but how can we really work with the HCPs on their preferences to have information everywhere when they want it at the time that they want it as well? But you're also taking on board that we have to be completely compliant. Of course, yes. 
And you also discussed the potential of data sets spanning multiple years and how this will allow the industry to adjust inputs and achieve better outputs. In the long term, how could this improve access to medicine for patients? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, our, our aim is to get the right information to our customers at the right time. And so from a HCP perspective, and particularly GPs, you know, they're extremely busy um, and they need to know a lot about lots of different therapy areas. Um, they've got patients coming in really short time periods and they need as much information to hand as they can. So, you know, as a pharmaceutical information, it's our responsibility to get information to them so that they are completely informed to then give their patients the right information to improve their health outcomes. So, you know, we really work on small junk uh, chunks size information that's going to HCPs, but it's not big wordy things, you know, particularly for GPs. Um, and, and really thinking about more broadly, not just on the medicines that we have at GSK, but also around the therapy areas as well, because you know, they, they, they continually are looking at educating themselves, becoming more versed with advancements in medicines, but also what's different from one medicine to the next. And, you know, at GSK, we, we have a real role to ensure that we are giving all of that information to the GPs, because the more information they have, the better they can then serve their patients and, to, you know, for the best outcomes on their conditions as well. And I agree that digestible chunks of information are easier and more accessible for HCPs to, to take up and to educate themselves on. So a, different formats of uh, small digestible data definitely help. Um, having been at GSK for nearly 10 years, what stands out as your proudest moment at the company to date? It's, it's a really difficult one um, to choose just one moment. I mean, I've had a, a fabulous career at GSK and I've had lots and lots of opportunities and lots of exciting roles. Um, but I think probably, the, you know, the part that, that sort of springs to mind as you ask that question is around being part of this customer engagement journey that we've been on at GSK. Um, I, I believe I was probably right at the beginning, which was which was not a long time ago. It was really probably just about seven or eight years ago um, where we started to really think about how can we engage with our customers, how can we, you know, be more broader in the types of activities that we that we use to interact with our customers so that we can give them information that they need in different ways. Um, but what I've seen recently, and the pandemic has been, you know, attached to this, is that we are accelerating much quicker than what we've ever done before. And that really excites me because, you know, being at the start of the journey seven years ago, and now, you know, probably over the last year, we've done the groundwork of probably, you know, accelerated into three or four years. So we're really starting to excel in this space. And, and I do believe, you know, at GSK, you know, ultimately for us, of something I'm really proud of is around the purpose that we have. And that's all about helping people to do more, feel better and live longer. And I, and I think if we continuously keep on that strand and we continuously keep that into everything that we're doing, which we do, then, you know, I'm confident we can continue to support our HCPs to deliver the best outcomes for their patients. Thank you, Denise. This is fantastic. And that's all we have time for this week. Thank you to our guest, Denise Dewar, for joining us today. And thanks to all our listeners for tuning in. Please do join us again next Tuesday for another episode of the EMG Gold podcast. And don't forget to check out our sister magazine, Gold, too. Take care and bye for now.